So thank you, Alan, for doing an outstanding job last week and sitting in that darn hosting seat while I was ill. <laughs> I, I'd like to say you're welcome, but you're not. Don't ever do that to me ever again. Oh, what? I was hoping I could have holidays and stuff now. What are you talking about? <laughs> in your dreams. There's still another couple of co-hosts to share it round yet before I have to take my turn again. Good point. Good point. Dean, you're up next. <laughs> <laughs> oh, short straw. Short straw. <laughs> oh, dear. No, thank you very much. It was greatly appreciated because um, I, was, I was really sick and, and I didn't know what to do. I, I could come on and go, hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> But I didn't. I didn't want to do that. For, for, but fortunately, you stepped in to the uh, to the breach there, sir, and, and and saved the day. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome. It was quite an experience. I wouldn't quite say it was enjoyable, but it was an experience. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. I, I find it quite easy now because as a host, all I need to do is get people more intelligent than me, which let's face it, isn't difficult, and then just just ask you guys the questions, and then you do the show, and I just sit here directing. So. <laughs> <laughs> or trying to direct anyway um anyway speaking of short straws there a little while ago dean come on we know we know the the lottery is over and we know the emails have gone out because i think we both know at least one person that's got one um, yep, one, yep uh, we do yep we went drinking with him dear rusty the other week um but dean was you successful with the wwdc ticket uh-huh well i did get an apple an email from apple Uh-oh. um <laughs> <laughs> saying unfortunately oh. you're not you're not going to the ball oh. so, so um i yeah that's quite a sad email to wake up to i kind of thought it last night when i didn't get the email that says i was going when everyone else was getting theirs um and i woke up this morning to a rejection email and it, it's it's quite a shame because you know i bought all their products in the past year and i didn't talk that bad about siri so i don't understand <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't get a ticket. <laughs> on the bright side, you've now got 1600 extra dollars to spend on food and drink when you're at AltConf. Uh, yeah, yeah. So um, I'm still planning on going, still planning on having a good time. They can't stop me. But um, I will be a little bit jealous of the people walking around in their WWDC 18 jackets. Mm-hmm. Has, has Russ started rubbing it in yet? No, no, he's, uh, he's, he, <laughs> he's, he's, quite, uh, he's, he's quite friendly and supportive in that way. He's, he's I think he knows that I really want to go because I've never been before. And this is his third year in a row, I think, going. Really? So, um, I didn't yeah, know that. I, I, might, I didn't know that. <laughs> I might, uh, I don't know, steal his ticket and just sneak in there <laughs> if, <laughs> when he's not looking. All right, we won't tell him. Shh, keep it quiet. Keep it quiet. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, actually, Listening to your show last week, Alan, I did one of the things you did, but not in the kind, same kind of way, because you started mentioning about scanning documents and going paperless and stuff like this. Oh, yeah. I don't really have a scanner, but I do have a phone, and it does have the new notes on it, and it can take pictures of documents and turn them into PDFs. So I've been doing oh, yeah. that all week. <laughs> it's good, actually, isn't it? The scanning built into notes is more powerful than you would think. Yeah, that's was quite surprising. I started putting uh, my various bank statements and, and credit card demands <laughs> stuff on there, and uh, now I can keep track of them and see how much I'm in serious trouble financially. So it's great. great. <laughs> it even helps you do the scan, doesn't it? It helps you um, yes. get the paper level, and if it isn't level, it sort of de-skews it for you, so you end up with a perfect rectangle every time. That's it, and then you can transfer it to black and white, and then you can, like, tip you know do the share icon and turn it into a, a pdf and then i've done share again and stuck it in the one of my icloud folders because i imagine well as secure as secure can be i suppose but you never yeah. know but there are any statements so um yeah so now i'm, I'm keeping a track and I, I went through and, and copied a load of documents that workers sent me over the years which i've been hanging on to for no apparent reason uh, yeah. and, and i i i filled my bin <laughs> 
basically, after <laughs> after using one of these eraser things that blacks out all the information on the letters. Because I'm yeah, shredder either. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so well done. Thank you very much for that tip. It was it came in quite handy. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? It's good to have a bit of a spring clean. Oh, I feel better now. I've started again. I must admit, I'm getting the pile down. My poor shredder keeps um, overheating. I have to give it a rest for half an hour every now and then. <laughs> I've been doing more shredding than uh, Cambridge Analytica. Oh, well, we'll come to that in a minute, I'm sure. Oh, dear. Now, Dean, I see from the notes here that you finally joined me and Alan on the Harmony remote. Yes, yes. Um, a few weeks ago when I was in Japan, Alan sent a message to our group and said that the, is it Harmony Elite package? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's was right. on sale on, uh, yeah, uh, the um, Harmony Elite was on sale on Amazon reduced down from you know 200 or something to 70 pounds or 70 80 pounds on prime so i ordered it and thought okay let's try it out um i've got halfway through setting it up so i've got it set up in my downstairs i've got the ir blasters set up so you can control my tv my virgin media box tivo and uh my apple tv and i really like it it's you've got this big giant touch screen um my favorite feature is you can have the channels listed on the remote control on the little mm. LED display, and you can program them in. So I've got BBC One HD, BBC Two HD, ITV HD, <laughs> because my wife, it's, she's been doing it for years, just bugs me. She always goes to the SD version of the channels, not the HD versions. Bloody <laughs> yes. women. On, on the version, yeah, on, on the version TiVo. And now she hasn't got a choice. She just presses the button and it goes automatically to the HD version. And <laughs> Little victories. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I said I've only got it half set up. The next half I want to do, I've got a Raspberry Pi that's just getting dusty. So I'm going to dust that off and then install Homebridge on it, which will let me, oh God. in theory, <laughs> yeah. That's in theory, yeah, I'm, I'm ready for the harmony the harmony homebridge is is not as simple as as it appears it's a bit of a well at least last time i looked it's a bit of a nightmare i did look into it. it's a bit more involved than some of the other yeah. homebridge things but um in theory it should let me control my tv with my voice so i can say turn on the apple tv turn on the virgin tivo or turn off the tv and it'll just automatically do everything so i'm going to try that next yeah. Did you install the, the Harmony Alexa skill? I haven't got Alexa. so. Oh, oh okay. Right. He's the um, one. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Holding out there. The last holdout <laughs> in Britain. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I've... Um, I, it, well, I haven't yet installed that. When I first got my Harmony uh, remote with the hub, you've got the hub as well, haven't you, which is the, the real genius of it all. Um, mm-hmm. I We got a tip-off from a listener that tipped off Carl to an app called you know me and that at the time offered a nice little bridge between amazon world alexa world and uh, the harmony world and again it was one of these fiddly little apps to set up you spent <laughs> like an hour fiddling around and getting it to work but once it works it's smooth as anything um but just in the past couple of weeks it's been getting pretty unreliable for me and uh, uh, the alexa box keeps telling me that it can't contact you know me and um Obviously, that's causing a bit of irritation in the house in general. But I got an email a couple of days ago from from Yonomi saying that they're updating their back end and there's all sorts of new uh, improved mm-hmm. back end functionality available, which I've, I've yet to explore. But the, the day before that, um, Harmony or Logitech sent out an email saying, we've just 
uh, improved our Alexa skill. So I'm starting to think that that now will probably do everything I need directly. So I've yet to explore that, but um, I will do it because there's nothing, there's nothing to beat talking to the air and having your telly come on or change channel or it's, it's just fantastic. The power. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I'm hoping that um, in the next few months, they'll start to add possibly HomeKit support to it. Now that in 11.3, which is due to drop soonish, it's coming in beta, um, supports HomeKit without with without extra hardware being required for the uh, manufacturer. So Logitech doesn't have to put mm-hmm. a special HomeKit chip in their products. They can do it all by software. Yeah. And it's still got the same security that HomeKit has, but on a software level. So hopefully they can integrate HomeKit into um, into it. Yeah, that'd be great. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Actually, I was listening to a show, that, um, a, a podcast that you recommended to me, Alan, a little while ago. A, a, oh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's called something. It's got iPad Pros in the title. Yeah. It might actually be called iPad Pros, to you the truth. I think it is. Tim Chatton, isn't it, the guy? That's the one. That's the one. Uh, fantastic. Fantastic show. Uh, and he had someone on this week who was into home automation and all this stuff and he was saying how he uses an app called simple control so i i get i downloaded it yesterday and okay it's not got very good reviews in the app store because it's it's not the most <laughs> intuitive thing to use um <laughs> and it's also got a subscription as well um like 199 a month um but uh if you do it if you if you if you subscribe you get two weeks free trial to test it out mm. which is what i've been doing and i started out with it last night and and it takes a while to get your head around it i gotta say but once you start to piece the little pieces together and you can link it in with home uh sorry plex media player and have all your movies listed and and make mm-hmm. it all all the functionality go together much like the harmony hub actually so if you want to watch apple tv or turn your telly on it'll turn your, your your amp on assuming they're internet connected otherwise it's got to use infrared blasters and things like this um yeah. it does work but I've, i'm like up to day two now of my trial uh unfortunately i'm going out late today so i can't play with it some more but tomorrow i'm going to add a little bit more and you can add hue lights and and the joy of it is is the little Apple Watch app as well works great because now I can I can control the volume and everything from my watch yeah. <laughs> with, the, with the little <laughs> dial. Yeah, from my amp. So if I'm watching YouTube or or something on Netflix, and I just call up the app quickly because it's a a complication now on my screen, and then just tap the little volume thing and do the little dial, and I'm I'm done. I haven't got to search around for that blasted Apple remote anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. It is, but it's not. If you're t- total newbie stuff to setting things up on home, it's not the easiest thing to set up. I- I- I'll give you that. So, um, but uh, like I say, you can you can either get a week's trial or a two week trial, depending what package you go for. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna give it. A I've couple. got this. Uh, I've got this kind of aversion to subscriptions. That's what's putting me off it really. And, and in fact, some of the most of the bad comments on the app store are, are because they used to have a paid app and they suddenly went subscription, and of course that creates. All sorts of controversy, doesn't it? And that they just got a whole load of one-star reviews from people feeling ripped off by that change. <laughs> true, true. But um, I mean, again, like a subscription. Thanks to the iTunes, um, the App Store subscriptions are so easy to get out of. It's like two clicks and you're out. So yeah, I'm not bothered by that anymore. In fact, I even joined up for the the Sky one for a little while because I knew it was so easy to get out of it rather than having to struggle <laughs> with Sky trying to trying to leave their service but yeah it, is, it works really well and I'm, I'm going to keep i'm going to use it for at least a week and a half to see if uh, i can get uh, any decent stuff out of it and then decide if i want to keep it or not but it's mm. it's quite a good thing simple control if you want anyone wants to look it up well then so let's let's deal with next let's deal with the happy stuff first then shall we so as you mentioned on the show last week, we are getting an event coming this Tuesday in Chicago, in school in Chicago, where Apple is going to do 
an education event. <laughs> uh, apparently, this is the first one they've done in some time. Um, and, of course, the rumours are flying left, right and centre about we're going to get all kinds of weird stuff, which I don't necessarily agree with. Otherwise, they wouldn't be hosting it in a school. Uh, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to see it live, but they are going to record it and push it out after the fact. So at least we'll be able to see what goes down in Chicago. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Since since this is not no longer a live event, has it sort of dampened your belief in what will be revealed, Alan? Well, I, I, my initial reaction is, yeah, I, I think so. Uh, but then I'm thinking, well, but then again, if they are going to uh, announce some hardware, uh, and it's going to be education-only hardware, then they probably wouldn't want to, you know, the full publicity of a global launch event and all that kind of stuff. I mean, if only educational establish- establishments are going to be able to buy, say, the new low-cost education iPad or ePad or whatever it might be, mm. or the new low-cost uh, MacBook Air or even MacBook. Well, it, you know, if they're going to announce educational pricing, then there's no point in talk- telling the world about it. Just, uh, just tell the education community about it. And uh, like you say, we're all going to be able to see it hours later on our apple tvs the the app is already updated the icon is already on that on that app on your on the um on the apple tv it just says you know you're going to be able to watch a recording of it after the event but um I'd, on the other hand i do think it's going to be far 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 more about software and uh yeah education educational infrastructure and software really this event now yeah i mean but see the thing that thing that causes me paul still is really how much of a dent apple can now make in in education because obviously a few years ago when there was pushing what was it 2012 i think they had their last no hang on they had their last massive education event where they when they did um the ebooks creator oh yeah ibooks, it's called. IBooks author <laughs> or ibooks author that's it uh, and they yeah. said this is this is what schools and people can use to to easily produce ebooks for the ipad uh, and there was on a roll back then there was they had a massive contract with uh, los, um, los angeles i think it was to supply thousands and thousands of ipads to the schools and things and then mm. within a few years that all went away there was like suggestions of ill of, of dodgy practices going on behind the scenes with certain officials and things like this and then chromebooks came in and and they're mm. so much significantly cheaper. They they are they are a form factor that everybody instantly recognises as a machine. Uh, they're very limited to obviously Google technologies being a web based platform. But yeah. um, I don't know. I mean, is it the trouble is I th- I think Apple stuff is just too expensive. And there's rumours that they're going to bring out a, a lower class iPad with maybe eighty to fifty dollars shaved off the price. But that's still a hell of a hell of a chunk of change for for yeah. a lot of people. Um, Dean, do you? I mean, I I, I think they're going to aim when they say education. They don't to me seem to mean like the likes of history and geography. It's all about coding. That's what it seems to be. And they're doing obviously very well with this Swift language and all the pub all, all the pressure they're putting behind that and the push to put behind that to make students understand swift mm. but, but i'm i'm looking at it they're just they're just like swelling their own potential employment ranks for the future <laughs> it's not about actually educating anyone well it's um a lot of it's about getting kids into the apple ecosystem from a young age if they're learning to program on a mac using you know the apple programming language swift um using the Apple tool set, Xcode, X, uh, Playgrounds, for example, mm-hmm. then as them kids are growing older, they're going to look at Windows and look at Microsoft's Visual Basic application, which is the Xcode green. What the, what the heck is this? That's I don't still wanna... going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't, I don't I think no it ever stopped. It's, uh, yeah, no, it's still going. Um, yeah, so I, I think just getting kids locked in from this young age, learning how to program on Apple hardware for Apple devices and 
yeah, that that's that's uh, there's a lot of value in that kind of locking. This is the kind of locking that um, Microsoft had in you know schools and offices. You know, every every office, every school has Microsoft Office, Microsoft Windows running on there, and that's what you learn on. Um, so I can see why they're doing this, but but um, I, I think it's going to go beyond coding as well. I think they're they're trying to solve some problems that schools are having, um, but as to whether or not they'll actually successfully gain any traction on there because Google offers such a great system for schools. For example, um, I was listening to, it was episode 90 of the Vector podcast with Rene Ritchie. He had a, um, a guest on Bradley Chambers who works in, edu- in a school, in education. And he was saying that if a kid wants a new iPad, if he breaks or loses an iPad, he's got to you know, give, him, give him another one. He's got to download, connect to the cloud, download a backup, etc do everything but if um a kid wants a new chromebook he just gives the kid a blank chromebook mm. and that kid just signs in with his google id that's provided by the school and bam he's in all these applications are there all these documents are there everything's just synced just without one unified login mm. um and there's a few other features as well like um with uh with um school accounts the kids can't get more than five gigabytes of icloud access so a lot of them are using google drive anyway <laughs> because that gives them a lot more data the school google drive thing gives them uh, google gives schools unlimited data where apple just gives each individual child five gigabytes to use so and there's no way to pay to increase that on a per child or per site basis so um there's still a lot of things that's behind for for apple by the sounds of it listen to a professional teacher talk about the infrastructure i've got in place some of those are almost like own goals by apple aren't they and they should be so easy to fix like i mean i mean the whole world could do with more than five gigabytes of free iCloud storage to be honest <laughs> well they could start with education without even blinking couldn't they they could make it unlimited for education and that problem just goes away completely and i think they already do have software that that allows you know server-based administration of a whole load of ipads in a school like hundreds of ipads and they have multi some sort of rudimentary multi-user aspect to the education-based ipads but all that could be improved and using the chromebook success as the model i guess it has to be at least as easy as all that google stuff doesn't it yeah yeah what, what bradley was saying is um it, they're they're trying to get close to google but google's just so far ahead in you know, just give a kid a device, give them a login, and everything's all web-based. But mm-hmm. obviously, if you take the web away, take the internet away, that device is pretty blank. You know, you've, you've got no access to stuff where on the iF- uh, the iPad, for example, you can really download documents, downloaded apps. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more easier to, to use offline, I'd say. Yeah. Of course, the other issue is this is mainly all focused on the American education system. And I have no children, so I have no idea how the UK uh, system handles this kind of thing. But as far as I'm aware, we don't have schools producing you know a, a, a producing chromebooks for the students to use themselves to take home and, and do their work on do we i mean I, i've got no clue um i haven't heard of chromebooks in schools in the uk granted i've got very limited access but i know um since that restraining order <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know my niece and nephew they've uh, had ipads issued by the school i think they've had to like, pay a deposit or pay towards it or something so it's like a school provided ipad where they can submit their homework online so you can't you know you can't you know the fish ate my homework you know if it's not on google drive it's not there for example <laughs> so um yeah and in my son's nursery we actually had to just sign a disclaimer um They've done a little fundraiser to raise money for two iPads for the um, for the teachers of nursery and reception, so the two youngest classes. And we just signed a disclaimer because they want to use this kind of social network for the children. Mm-hmm. But it's to connect. It's it's not creepy. It's to connect. Um, 
the children and the parents. Sorry, to connect these, the teacher and the parents with the child in the middle, basically. So we can post stuff that the child is doing outside of school and the teacher can post stuff that that child is doing inside of school. So you can, so like, you know, we post him drawing on a chalkboard, practicing his handwriting and in school they post pictures of him doing school stuff, I guess. So it's kind of like a bridge between the parent and the teacher. So that's, that's quite an interesting thing that they're using the iPads for us to take photos and post this proprietary social media thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wondered if they're going to announce um, new tools you know, for teachers, especially like for teachers have to do like lesson plans, don't they? Curriculum planning, lesson planning. Um, and even even books, like not full full textbooks, but books that are dedicated to the lesson they want to give, that kind of thing. So I, I'm kind of, I'm half hoping that they're going to announce something like iBooks author, but for iPad to enable, like, imagine a model where teachers have an iPad Pro with some built-in tools, including <coughs> iBooks author for, I, for iPad, and they can produce uh, content for their lessons next week kind of thing, and easily then share those out to their kids who are using these um, e-pads or special iPads for for low-cost iPads for kids and somehow making that whole thing easier for students and their teachers um, so that it's not you know they don't have to necessarily have an IT background to to do any of that creative work just make make it so they can still basically focus on teaching but give them the tools to do it via this technology yeah yeah there's a lot they can do but I mean Apple has you know do they want to get into every single market 100% you know how much can they they could throw a lot of money and resources into education but you know um a lot of people have said it's something really close to steve jobs heart was education right right at the start and apart from a few macs being in schools i i, I don't see how because <laughs> um for example <laughs> uh what is it itunes university or i think they, they shut that down and moved all the content out into podcasts uh, a little while ago um again nothing uh, for example we had the um we had that advert of the girl going around i think it was new york or somewhere um with her ipad jotting down her homework and stuff like this and and mm. yeah it's a fantastic advert but hang on you've got a young child running around new, the streets of new york on her own with a thousand pound ipad in her back <laughs> what how did she not get mugged <laughs> anyway <laughs> but uh it, it's crazy and 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 like i said the, the the education has been underfunded well in most countries in the western world for for a considerable amount of time and it's it's again apple stuff is expensive there's no way of getting around it it's expensive and even if they share a few hundred quid off here and there it's still not something a lot of people uh, firstly ipads are fragile right Mm -hmm. if you're going to give that to a child they're going to drop it because they have no concept of what worth is value is i mean i didn't at that age i used to break things that my mum and and dad had saved up money for to buy me because they have no you know, understanding of what what it means. So, you know, little kids running around with with iPads and, and dropping them, or or using software that's not totally intuitive, or using a pencil that they'll break or, or lose. That, and it just seems to me a massive problem um, from beginning to end. Whereas, as as Google comes along, they do some of these. Well, not just them, but a lot of manufacturers make these these substandard in most cases chromebooks which are designed for one thing and one thing only and to browse the web they seem a much better fit for education and maybe when you go up to the higher education or 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 the public or the private schools as we call them in in the uk yeah okay the money might be there for them to to get into having loads of macs in the classroom or ipads in the classroom because money becomes less an object uh, at, at that point. But for the secondary school system and, and the primary school system, it just, I don't see it happening in the UK. Yeah. You can see how Apple would would see you know, the prevalence of 
Chromebooks in the classroom, though, as being like a strategic threat to the business? You're talking 10 years, 15 years, 20 years ahead. If whole whole generations of people who, you know, people are children, start off as children, don't they? <laughs> um, well, they, they, all get, <laughs> they all get used to using Google Docs and, and uh, Google Chromebooks and all, all that Google infrastructure. And, you know, they, then they enter adult world and they've got spending power of their own and that they might continue to buy what they're familiar with. That's the, that's the strategic threat. But on the other hand, I mean, most people's experience of school is, is, is not, not positive as well, no, is it? People exactly. hate what they do at school, so maybe they love to go home and, <laughs> and uh, you know, luxuriate in the Apple world rather than using those crummy Chromebooks at school. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, I remember when I was a child going into the secondary school, high school, there was a big push for nationwide for you know one one computer per child in the school in, in the computer room we had one you know, per but, school <laughs> yeah my my primary school had two computers for the whole school so um and you know we got as a class we got computer time where we got to all stand around the computer and watch and all take turns doing some sort of educational game or something yeah right. <laughs> but um yeah, so in, in secondary school, that's when the big push started for one sec, uh, one one computer per kid, basically. So I don't know, are we going to see that research today? You know, one iPad per kid in uh, in the classroom? Mm. Or is it going to be? Yeah, it's well, of course. The iron the irony is, as both Google and Apple could just, if they wanted to, really give away iPads, uh, Chromebooks. It wouldn't. It would be a bit of a dent in their 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 pocket for a while, but not forever. Mm. So, you know, I mean, that's if they were truly dedicated and, and wanted to uh, make a big splash, they're okay for a few quid. <laughs> they yeah. can easily do it. I mean, if uh, there's a lot of school children, granted, uh, but there's not that many in, 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 based against the population. Uh, and since they'd be getting the iPads at cost anyway, or the Chromebooks at cost, you know, yeah. if they wanted it's to like make... It's like um, the drug dealer mentality, isn't it? Yeah. When you first view, first view are free until <laughs> you're hooked. Now, I have a feeling this event is going to bring um, a cheaper iPad for education. And okay, so, so when soft- you say cheaper, yeah. what sort of price tag have you got in your head in dollars? <clears throat> I say in dollars, what's the current one in dollars? That's, I think the cheapest one is like three, $350. Around there, yeah. It's less, isn't it? 279 yeah. I think. 279 You, you yeah, do it. I'll, I, I'll Google it and find out. <laughs> in, in, in my head, I had around 200 to 250 for yeah 200 probably 250 at the max 250 per ipad and it's not going to be cheaper than a chromebook which is around about 200 dollars, i think off the top of my head but um i think they're gonna yeah bring a cheap cheaper than retail ipad and on top of that bring software that apple thinks that the education system really needs and would find desirable and worth the extra cost mm. uh th- a 32 gig version is 320 uh 330 dollars currently in the u.s yeah uh, oh yeah Oh, I was, I was, uh, I was quite close. So, um, so yeah, I think hundred dollars less than that, two, two fifty ish, plus whatever educational discounts there are, or maybe probably including the educational discounts. I'd say. I would be and more. Then, um, oh, sorry. The software. Mm, I would. Be yeah, more and just hope- the software. I would be more hopeful if they did the. I forgot what it's called. Again, already, how you make what you made the ebooks on. I totally forgot. iBooks author. Yeah, if they could bring out an iPad version of that, I do think that would be a, a boon for for a lot of people. I I don't know. I think with iBooks author they released it, but 
nothing really happened with it just because well that's when they got into the whole row with amazon and and, and all kinds yeah. of weird stuff went on and they sort of lost they didn't want to pursue it it seemed to me and they got like uh, apple books or ibooks or whatever you want to call it got dragged through the coals and it was presented as the evil monopoly which if you actually look back it's the other way around but yeah. but only if you're <laughs> a customer for the authors it meant a lifeline but well, whatever, whatever you think of the outcome of that, one way or the other, it happened, and mm. and and I, I don't. I mean, iPads are still significantly cheaper than than even the cheapest MacBooks. So even the Air. Um, so if they could produce something where teachers oh, or administration staff can create these books on an iPad and then somehow share that out via the software that is is the yeah. iBook store or the bookstore as it might be labeled then then that would definitely be an advantage i think i think so too i think and yeah all the pieces are there to be able to do that and the audience is is right if you if you're wanting to create a multimedia interactive textbook in in electronic form like that then you know the school and education is the perfect market for such a thing isn't it it's a captive market for starters you're building it for the people you know are going to have to read it with you because it's part of the lessons whereas one of the reasons I think that that sort of um, book isn't isn't doing well out in on the general market is that uh, you know everybody associates these days reading electronically with the likes of Amazon Kindles, don't they, mm-hmm. or Kobo's or Nooks in a, in in the minority case. No but one does that apart from you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just thought I'd throw it in there. But, uh, yeah, everyone just thinks that they're one and the same. If you want a, a, an e-book, you're talking about a Kindle is what people think. So the market, I mean, no one's even really looking in the iBook store for that kind of thing. Um, and, and anyway, you know, the market for interactive multimedia textbooks is tiny anyway. Even if the people knew where to go and look for it and had an iPad, it's still such a tiny, tiny niche market. But if you're in a school, it's not a tiny market at all. It's your whole market. Your entire class, your entire year of kids all will be told to use this textbook that you've got and written for them. <laughs> and they're going to have their homework set on it and all that sort of stuff. So um, it's perfect if there was a, a version of iBooks author for iPad for the teacher to use to quickly knock together something that engages the kids and helps them learn what they're supposed to learn this week. And, and, and is easily delivered to them on the device they've got in their backpack. That would be that'd be a fantastic solution if they could get there. Yeah, and of course, the multimedia aspects of it, they'd be able to go out and pull in like YouTube videos that they vet, obviously, that are accurate, as far as they're aware, mm-hmm. uh, and, and share the content and build a, 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 a lesson plan and, and all those kinds of things. I mean, mm. as if they can tear them away from protesting stuff, maybe they can actually teach. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I mean, it's it's an interesting thing. Like I say, I, I think we should. A, a lot of people are going crazy um, with this announcement. But the fact that they're not holding it in the Steve Jobs theater, the fact that they're holding it in a school, uh, the fact that they're not streaming the video, which I should, I guess, is purely logistics why they can't do that live. Um, I guess it's some guy at the back with an iPhone on a on a on a tripod recording it all. But uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't. I'm not going to get my hopes up massively for this. I'm not expecting. Uh, a whole list of new hardware and a new pencil. It'd be nice if those things come out, but I just don't think this would be the venue where they do that. And I think it's only going on for an hour as well, scheduled for an hour rather than the regular two hours. So that's a lot of things. they got to pack a load of, of stuff in. Um, you know, I'm not expecting yeah. them to go on about how much their latest store opening or maybe they will perhaps they just open something in chicago and they want to show it off i don't know but, um, <laughs> the, the other thing i thought of as well carl you know um 
we've heard about this class kit um, infrastructure that they've, they've been working on. Mm-hmm. Some some huge changes to that. I think we're in iOS eleven point three. So yeah. I'm wondering if that will be the launch day for eleven point three. Coincidentally, you know, that will the world will get eleven point three on Tuesday. Why well, aren't they up to beta six now on that? Yeah, I think the eleven point three um, grandmaster will drop at least on on tuesday after the event and then a week later 11.3 will come yeah. out that's my prediction that sounds sensible yeah and then it'll be on to wwdc which which dean isn't going to then <laughs> <laughs> not to rub I'll, be, I'll be stood outside i'll be outside of it i'll be stood outside of it looking in will you be look, stood outside of it looking in posting on facebook <laughs> i won't know no because uh, I disabled my Facebook account. Oh, you're one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, so obviously, you're the sort of person I'm about to take the mickey out of. You're the, <laughs> no, not really. But uh, So obviously this week, uh, I think it was last Friday, a story broke where Facebook got wrapped up in this bigger story about a company called Cambridge Analytica that supposedly grabbed some data from Facebook and had used it to zero in on certain 50 million users in the US and target them with specific political adverts and the world's gone mad and I can't understand why because as much as I read into all the information that's come out is at the time they didn't do anything illegal it's only after they changed the rules that they did something illegal and after that as according to them as, as as they say they didn't use that data again but they might not have deleted it which seems to be the big problem at the moment, as far as I can tell. Yeah, Britain's got uh, officials entering their building, haven't they, and grabbing yes, servers and taking away right. documents, yeah, just to check they did, really did delete the data. But select delete. I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, according, there was a whistleblower. Well, he wasn't really a whistleblower. He, he worked for him, and he just mentioned that all he had to do when Facebook sent a request that you need to delete this data was tick a box and send it back. Well, that sounds to me like him not doing his job properly then. <laughs> call me crazy (laughs) but uh okay but anyway since then it's it's come out that um the way facebook handles users data and the way it's shared that data amongst advertisers and the way apps use that data um and it's not only supposedly back in the day it wasn't only grabbing the user's data uh it was also grabbing all the shared data of their friends of anything they hadn't put on you know share with friends only which is exactly what the social graph was all those years ago when zuckerberg stood up and told us about the social graph that was what it was he told us all what it was when you go into applications to use these stupid quizzes or to see what superstar you look like or anything like this that's all they're doing they're sucking your data in and they're sucking as much data in from from friends who share it well, that's how it used to be up until 2014 when they closed that particular loophole and you can now only get the friends list. You can't get their their, their things, their, um, mm-hmm. their likes and wants and God knows what else. But the point is, every time you use one of those apps, it tells you that's what it's going to do. It asks you permission, which you then grant. So I do not see what the problem is. I'm not a, re- I'm not a big Facebook user. I have no. got an account. I just don't use it. And um, so I doubt any of this affects me at all. I certainly don't use any, um, any of these apps. I don't take any surveys. But... In a tiny, tiny network that I've got, maybe some of some friends or some friends of friends, maybe they've done these surveys in the past, so therefore my data has been grabbed. But, I mean, they seem to know very little about me anyway. When I went to that page that you and Dean told me about where you can find out what information uh, Facebook thinks it's got about your likes and dislikes, it's um, it's tiny and it's wrong mainly. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's wrong. I thought I'm interested in mothership. Why the hell would I be interested in mothership? <laughs> 
<laughs> the, the other thing I've never done uh, is I've never logged into an app using a Facebook account. In fact, uh, some apps that, that only give you that option, they're just an immediate delete for me every time. Even if I really want to use an app, I won't, I won't use a Facebook account to log in. I've never done it. So, again, that's another one of the uh, people that routinely do that are more vulnerable to this kind of data loss or data breach that's been talked about than than uh, the likes of me so i'm not personally worried but it does seem a little bit grubby doesn't it this story about I, 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 but effectively like you say it is this so in, is in what Facebook's way? business in what, model in what way alan when you say grubby it is grubby to be to be selling um data not just about you i mean i go in and, and i'll give some permission about my data you know i'll say yeah i'm happy if you share this or i'm not happy if, if, to share this but regardless of what i say some friends or friends of friends of mine are going to have their data scraped, maybe along, maybe in alignment with my preferences, not theirs. Before 2014, when they changed the rules. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm, th- I'm talking back in those days, yeah, when this so-called breach um, supposedly happened, yeah. That was a little bit grubby. I mean, it needs to be more transparent at the very least, doesn't it? So that f- for anyone that cares about uh, about whether their data is getting shared or not, they should be able to know in much more transparent detail exactly what is and isn't being sold and to whom and for what but having said all that the fact is i think the vast 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 majority of facebook users just don't give a toss they just don't care at all about this i did um, straw straw yeah. poll at work and i asked a few people in the tea room as far as leaving one day and i got to say about 90 percent of them hadn't even heard of this story or understood anything of what it meant mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and wouldn't care anyway even no. if their data had been part of this 50 million and used to influence some election or other maybe even the yeah the brexit referendum or whatever they wouldn't care again again, let's look at that load of old nonsense coming (laughs) so what they're saying (laughs) what they're saying is they can target individuals down to the the nanometer it seems and influence how they're going to, to 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 vote on something without any other aspect of their life being taken into consideration doesn't matter it doesn't matter what your work situation is it doesn't matter how your health benefits or, or anything of that just the fact that you saw this advert automatically makes you vote for one party or another they are talking there's nonsense i would say there's two sides to this uh, there's one they are saying this because they're saying that it's part of a sales pitch to say how good yeah. their platform is you know to say you know why Absolutely, they want to spend yes. money Mm. not based on you know we haven't got any concrete evidence how effective their stuff is if anything or how effective their methods are if anything we know they make a fair bit of money by doing this but is it psychographics yeah. that's what they get their psychographics have been around since the mid 70s it's it was it's based on demographics uh, and it's complete if you it's one of those marketing terms. We, we used to have the same thing when I was in outdoor advertising. And that was you had certain streets that were supposed to get a certain amount of demographics throughout the month. And you, you would base the advertising sales based on what you said were going down that street most times of the day. Of course, mm-hmm. in London, that could be any f- flipping street. It doesn't matter. They're all the same. So all it used to do is used to it used to bump up the, the prices for advertising on certain prime locations, which is the most obvious, but you, you sort of hide all that in with the rest of the junk to make it sound like you were selling a product so you could mm-hmm. sell it to the to the to the places where you knew you just bunged up on a board just just to put it up there to make a bit of revenue it, it, it had no actual bearing on on reality it's just oh. and, and 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 again the, the fact that i i felt i feel they are they are saying that the public is so weak-minded this is how much disregard they seem to have for the public. It's so weak-minded. But these things that they see online on Facebook, these adverts, which most people have acknowledged that they just skip through. I mean, Dean does an, ad, uh, uh, an app where we get rid of them because we don't want to see them. Mainly because, not because we've learned to, we, we, we 
they're uh, uh, they're masking what we want to see, but because they slow the platforms down that they're on. We've all learned to ignore adverts, but these ones are so good and so powerful that they influence selection. Oh, it just drives me mad. Mm. But more, you know, more insidious than that are like the newspapers that people read daily. <laughs> they <they're laughs> are more they're more capable of um, influencing people's opinions, aren't they? And people fuel those their own beliefs from a tiny little seed. It grows into a a, a deep-held belief reinforced every day by newspaper editors that that spin the same um, bias at, at those readers every day, and they willingly they will willingly absorb it. You know, Daily Mail readers, Sun readers, <laughs> and so on. They they know what they want, and they read it every day, and they like it. Yeah. And if they were asked, you know, uh, have you been influenced to an opinion by these things? Okay, of course not. Of course not. Well, um, who, sorry, who, who, well, who seems to be the louded vo- voice in all this stuff, other than the little tech bubble? Once you go out of that, it's the papers. The papers seem to be having a field day with this, and certain mm-hmm. news organisations as well. Why? Because, oh, look, the advertising might come back to us now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. yep. There are, there's quite a few big-name advertisers that have stopped advertising on Facebook, such yeah. as Sonos, uh, Mozilla. There's there's two big-named uh, advertisers. Well, it's not only that. It's, so, it's, you've got um, uh, Procter & Gamble, is it? They've reduced their advertising. This was before all this happened hmm. because they've realized it just doesn't work. There is, for example, I... I Again, I have to refer back to the the only part of the market I I knew, which was outdoor advertising, which is billboards and stuff like this. I can guarantee you the only time people noticed the billboard up was when we were changing it. (laughs) That's it. That's the only time they look up at them, I can guarantee. So they might have something, some sort of like lingering memory to buy Coke, as if you need to be reminded to buy Coke or, or Budweiser or, or a new Nexus or, or, or whatever. But I just, uh, I just, it just, but when they say it forms opinions, I don't, I don't believe that for a slightest. And, and, and if you've got parties, see, Facebook, I think, can fix this. And they're going to fix it because they are a massive contributor to certain political parties in the States. So this is going to go away at some point. But they'll just have to, they'll just have to watch who they let onto their platform. And I don't know how they're going to do that. But they've got, again, the money to do it. And, you know, it's nothing really started to happen from Facebook until their, their profits, their, their stock price started to tank. Mm-hmm. Then they came forward and started saying things. Yeah, exactly. That's where it hurts, isn't it? And when... Yeah. I mean, most of their revenue does come from advertising. So when when major advertisers start to pull out or get nervous in any way, that's going to affect not just their share price but their revenue. And the two the two are obviously inextricably linked. But it's a funny thing, isn't it? Like you're saying, the advertising industry is it's more it's kind of more based on faith and and fear than any kind of science or or evidence. <laughs> it's like um, they 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 have to have faith that the the billions they're spending on advertising works because otherwise yeah they're just wasting their money and that's that's unthinkable and but they they don't stop it because they fear that if if they're the one to stop and their their competitors carry on then their competitors could win couldn't they i mean maybe these adverts do work maybe they do influence people away from say sonos you know in this to use dean's example they'll you know they'll start to fear that at some point and they'll start to advertise again just in case and the, the whole merry-go-round of the advertising industry keeps spinning because Everybody fears if they don't advertise, they'll lose out. Not sure if, if when they do it, it's having any effect, but they, they don't miss out just in case. It is crazy. It is crazy. And the biggest, the, the one, the most revealing for me is, is and, uh, uh, this will sound trivial, but when it comes to movies. Now, who doesn't know there's a new Star Wars movie coming out? So why do they have to plaster that over billboards and adverts and TV things and movie trailers and everything? I mean, the whole thing basically promotes itself with the internet nowadays, with people, you know, with people doing reviews or, or talk throughs of the trailer 
which doesn't have to appear anywhere else. I don't see why they feel they have to pay for TV spots or the Super Bowl spot because it's going to be talked about anyway. It's mm-hmm. crazy to me. So they waste. Yeah, I know. Like two months before, I've already got my tickets booked for midnight, and you know, you're just trying to sell me something that I've already bought. <laughs> yeah, just <stop>. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Anyway, it's so it seems to me like there's about five. It's about five different stories all wrapped into this one story, and they're all getting confused. and And I find it kind of funny because um, obviously I saw a lot of people going, "Oh, yeah. on Twitter." Ironically, oh, yeah, I've deleted my Facebook. Well, I've been on Facebook for years. No, but you're using Twitter, which is basically doing the same thing. <laughs> I mean, oh, for God's sake, it's just crazy to me. Um, I'd, I'd like to, um, not I have to, I'd like to explain my stance why I disabled my Facebook account. Not deleted, I disabled it. But that's the point. <laughs> you don't have to. You're perfectly entitled to do that. I mean, yeah. I, I don't use, I know, I use I it to post it. If I wasn't posting stuff for the show to try and get some engagement which you could say is a form of advertising but not really because mm-hmm. i don't spend anything on it <laughs> just pushing it out um i wouldn't i wouldn't be on facebook i left facebook before and it was only because i got so much stick from missy for leaving it i had to come back eventually but <laughs> but i could understand the value of facebook because it's a really handy place for friends to keep in touch if they want to share too much maybe education should be on teaching the general public how to use it but again i think that will fall on deaf ears as well that's the thing my facebook feed i i drastically cut down my facebook usage over the past year 18 months just because my facebook feed just turned less about what people less about you know what people are sharing and more about what companies are sharing more adverts more this more that and i was just thinking i just want to see just want to see what you know what friends are doing and i just wasn't getting that so I, it just completely lost its value um so i disabled facebook but i still use facebook messenger because i've got a lot of friends still on the facebook platform so that's a great place to keep in touch with them i saw a twitter stream of someone i'm not sure who it was i think it was alan that you shared this yeah. stream and it was saying the way the facebook demograph uh the facebook analytics work is is it also you could search for people who use certain phrases within messenger and i'm thinking what that's news information no one's meant to be able to see that information apart from facebook itself and that's meant to be secure so they were using i'm not going to say what word they were using because it's an offensive word but they were saying anyone who uses this word in messenger who lives in these demographic who, who leaves lives in these uh, geographical sites they need to see these adverts and i'm thinking what hang on what you can't surely can't be sharing what people say on messenger because that would be mm. a step too far i think i've never heard that whenever i if ever i look into seeing like doing a boost i've never done it but if i ever look into seeing doing a boost for one of my show posts on facebook i don't get that option well with my wife she thought it was a bit creepy that one of her friends sent her a picture of this bottle of gin this very specific brand Hmm. that she got to get i've got this new this bottle of gin because they my wife and a few other friends like craft gin so she sent her a picture of this gin was talking about it and then she went to Facebook about an hour later and there was an advert for it. There's this particular bottle and brand of gin. And mm. she just said, well, yeah, they've picked it up from, you know, Facebook Messenger, probably image search, you know, there's image reference for that thing or they've just pulled out the name from, it, from the chat and they know that you would be interested in an advert for that gin, you know. Oh, that's the gin I saw an hour ago. Yeah, but if they, if they pull that picture in from somewhere else on Facebook, then fair enough. If they pull that picture in from elsewhere and say it's got no, oh, well, so no so. tags... That would be even that would be concerning. You see what I mean? They can do it from elsewhere. They're, like every website on the no, internet. I, I, I mean, if you personally shared one of your photos, you pulled in a picture of, I don't know, Bush um, whiskey, Bushman's whiskey or something, and then mm-hmm. suddenly that appeared. I mean, again, I don't know. I've never tried it. <laughs> I've tried, actually, I've tried. <laughs> what was we talking on? I was talking to, 
Oh, it was on the new um, Amazon Messenger thing built into their cylindrical device. I was talking to Alex, and I said, right, if we mention a few brands, we'll see if they appear in advertising, <laughs> and they never do. <laughs> no, uh, well, I, I know they do They do look at what your picture's content is, because I never have any reason to talk about the guitar strings that I use, right. but when I've restrung guitar, I've posted pictures, going to restring my guitar, and you know, I have my guitar under strings, and if under my favorite brands, under the advertising page, you can check, it had this particular brand of strings, uh, Ernie Ball Spring as one of my you know one of my advertising targets or one of my i forget what the term is for it but you know things i'm interested in if it if it's proven that they are also sharing or potentially sharing the information that people share put into messenger then i might have to think rethink my my strategy here a bit but as it's well, yeah, of course they are i mean of course they are they are, they are using the, i don't mind if they not use selling it, it. If they sell it not selling it it's all broken down into metadata which is attached to the Carl Madden profile, right? Which is what advertisers target, apparently. <laughs> so I'm just going to start um, putting fluffy bunnies in my messenger <laughs> streams. I'll say like, Dean, you're doing a show today, fluffy bunny. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think I want to do the same with WhatsApp. But there's um, there's been like a bit of kerfuffle with the EU where they're not allowed to combine data and all the user information I've got from WhatsApp into their Facebook data pool or something similar to that. So they they've been told they can't use whatsapp data with facebook data and mix the two mm. for now it's it's all it's all true like and i say uh, again i don't if, if the political climate was it wasn't how it is now i don't think this would be a story but they're blaming the political climate climate how it is now on facebook at the moment and i just think that's nonsense um that just it's it's one of those throwaway comments that you just instantly slander or, or slate the rest of humanity as a bunch of morons and stuff and and i don't think that's right it's people are not totally affected by what they see on facebook and if you think that you're insane um people are not that weak willed i don't think I, i've got i have a higher opinion of the majority of people um than a lot of these tech companies seem to have nowadays i don't i've read some facebook comments on the guardian guardian articles and oh no comments <laughs> that's totally different <laughs> i'm not saying people have weird opinions i'm just saying i don't think they're affected <laughs> Yes. Again, it's a complicated matter, and we found ourselves here after... How long's Facebook been going? Oh, 2002, 2004. Oh, okay, yeah, a long way back. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and we just weren't prepared for it, unfortunately. It just landed on us, and we opened, and it was it was getting more and more and more, added more and more things to it, mm -hmm. selling more and more data here, there, and ever, pr promising more and more things, which I don't necessarily believe it can deliver, deliver most of the time. Mm -hmm. But it, they found a way of hooking you in. That was basic human psychology. Show your friends. Show your friends liking your stuff. You go, ooh, I got a like from that. I'll try and get more likes next time. And that's just basic um, stick and carrot um, psychology there. But uh, just... just I mean, it's hard, isn't it? I mean, I can't prove my argument one way, and as far as I can tell, they can't prove their argument one way. So it's just yeah. too big. I've never, we've never really had something on a global scale like this that can affect so many people. Um, I mean, you can look at countries that don't have Facebook, and they're still having political upheaval. So what's going mm. on? I mean, you could also argue if if you wanted to be totally dispassionate about it, you could say, well, if you believe it works, if you believe all Facebook's analysis and uh, characterization of people works and is useful to uh, lobbying groups or you know uh, co commercial companies and or political parties and their and their their uh, teams of people that are trying to influence the electorate you could also say well as long as that tool is available to f to all sides yeah. it's still it's still fair isn't it so it's no good say the losing party bleating that the winning party used facebook data better 
because why, why, why didn't they use it better then as well? You know, it, it's just like an arms race in a way, isn't it? Like you say, I've got doubts it is as good as it's cracked up to be, and I, I expect people are paying millions and millions and millions of pounds for stuff that's not, there's no evidence that it really works. But, you know, there's nothing to stop them, both sides or all sides of any particular argument or debate, using it equally, you know, for better or worse. The thing that Cambridge Analytica is selling, their main products, is so hard to trace. I mean, if you sell, you know, if you're selling ads on Google, for example, if Google's selling ads, you can track how many people have seen it, how many people have clicked through on it. And you got like, you know, you got some metrics there to work with Cambridge Analytica. It's so far removed that you can give them loads of money. They can say they're doing all this work, but you've got no real metric to track to check that it's working or it's effective. Mm-hmm. Plus, I wouldn't really give any money to a, to a company who see or yeah, CEO goes into a restaurant and starts boasting about throwing elections and stuff. I mean, <laughs> if, someone, if you're talking to someone about that and they suddenly start spewing this James Bond stuff, you think, who the flipping hell are you idiots? <laughs> For God's oh, yeah. I don't know if I was running an election, I'd want them on my side, but based on it, they're not. <laughs> yeah, but you can still listen to it and go, you know what? You're so you're basically just doing the dirty tricks that they've been doing since general elections came along, basically, just on a on a different <laughs> scale. And you're doing this. This is not this is not intelligence agencies doing this. Yeah, okay. Yeah, whatever. Political political smearing as a, as a service. Essentially. Exactly. Oh my god. <laughs> it's um, it's just unbelievable. This nonsense. And of course we're getting fed it over and over again. Like I say, I don't think there's any answer to this. If if you want if you feel if you feel you're being violated, then all means go ahead and delete facebook i don't think it has that much of influence uh, i believe it brings people together and that's that maybe a separate issue um because before things like facebook happened people of certain ide- ideological bents might have been out there but they couldn't find each other so but facebook something like facebook makes it a lot easier for them to all to come together and make it look like they're a bigger uh force than they actually are mm-hmm. but I, I i don't know i mean i i just i don't look at the world through certain through certain spectacles and stuff so I don't know. I'm very, very. I'm not. I'm not of a party that's threatened by certain groups. So that's probably why I, I, I look at it this way. Maybe if I was a, an individual who was threatened by certain groups of people rising up um, within various countries, I would definitely be looking at it slightly differently. But as a cold observer, I just don't see. I don't see how anything's changed. Well, apart from they now know of each other. That's about it. First, mm. no. Like I said, the main reason I disabled it is just i was just getting no value from the facebook oh. platform and this this is kind of like a tipping point not that uh, like you say i believe a lot of things that you've said but i was just getting no value from the platform unlike twitter which i really enjoy i like facebook messenger which i really enjoy i talk to a few people on there mm-hmm. like whatsapp i get value out of that but the facebook feed is just not something it's just something that grew out of me essentially and the thing i always come back to whenever it says about these things about big data and the way we're analyzed and stuff like this um what's the last thing you bought alan what's the last thing you bought on amazon oh uh last thing i bought on amazon it was a a a glove to support an injured thumb oh right okay <laughs> so now if you log into amazon how many adverts for them have you got <laughs> i don't know actually i have i honestly haven't checked but i know i know the phenomenon you're talking about yeah so that's how much they know about us. So, Naffle, as far as I can tell. Oh, uh, well. But it's an interesting debate. Uh, it's going to rage on. Um, amazingly, Mark Zuckerberg has learned lessons again. So that's okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, like you say, um, Cambridge Analytica is being raided and, and, and looked over and stuff. Uh, and, and people have another function to blame about 
the outcome to whatever election they didn't like. So this basically moving forward, I don't see how anything's ever going to be because basically any election now that where I vote and I lose, I can now claim someone interfered with it, <laughs> and no one will really be sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think a lot of different components have a lot of different influence over elections but i don't think any i don't think anything has has had a big enough impact to swing anything i don't think i think it's all very overblown well we'll never know because we like to be high and mighty and say i'm not affected but everybody else is (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) okay uh and i'm just as gullible as that as anybody else so i think (laughs) that's that's pretty much it this week okay well let's go let's hold on over to the reviews this week so we had a review this week from sj elliott who gave us five stars. Thank you very much, uh, SJ Elliott. He writes, still best UK Mac podcast. Ah, thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Uh, Listen to his podcast from start and still best UK focused one there is. Sensible comments. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Good reviews. Mm -hmm. Enjoyable (laughs) hour or so of listening. Look forward to every new episode. Panel have a good range of views and with a local lad too. Dean, he's been stalking Mm -hmm. you on Facebook, Dean. <laughs> That's the reason I disabled it. <laughs> uh, you did. Uh, keep up the good work, Steve from Durham, uh, County Durham. Thank you very much for that, Steve. Greatly appreciated. Um, if you'd like to send us reviews, a review, please just head on over to iTunes or the uh, Apple Podcast app. Seek out Mac and Forth and give some stars and review. We'd love to read them out on the show. Another way, of course, you can help us out is through our Patreon page. The link is in the show description. Any uh, funds you want to throw our way is greatly appreciated. And thank you once again to all the people who do help fund the show and pay for all the back background services. It's greatly appreciated. Um, I think that's pretty much it. So this time next week, we will be able to actually have some concrete news about what Apple have announced uh next week so that'll be good for a change it'll last us for a little while we can maybe get up to wwdc then which uh dean isn't going to just in case yeah, not just rub that in. <laughs> thanks that's right thanks um so until next time all our all our <laughs> contact details are in the show description as well if you want to get in touch with any one of us um that's how you that's how you go about it so until next time please everybody out there stay safe and be nice to each other bye bye bye, bye.